Welcome to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast, a podcast focused on bringing musicians and people in the music industry together. This episode of the Roadie Mixtape Podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered at Auburn Recording Studios. Hello and welcome back to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast. My name is Brad Thibodeau and we are picking up where we left off a couple weeks ago. This is the studio blog part two, the process of recording. So you've decided, you as a uh, solo artist or a band, you're decided to uh, to record some music, whether it's a single, EP, LP, um, and you're ready to go and do it in a professional recording studio. Um, this can seem like a extremely challenging um, proposition for you, especially if this is your first time doing it. If you've never been into the studio and if you've never recorded even a song, it can feel like there's no pattern or there's there's no order to the way uh, a record's made. It can feel like you just kind of like walk into the studio and everything happens all at once and then you leave and and it can feel very uh, very stressful. But there's actually five stages of getting a song recorded and, and out to the masses. So this podcast will be going through those five stages. Stage one, pre-production. This can also be labeled as pre-pro. Um, what this is, is this is you as a band have written a song. Um, you all agree on the way the song is structured, um, its arrangement, all this stuff. And you're actually going to record it. It doesn't matter how it's recorded. could be something as simple as, you know, an iPhone recording. Or if you have a small recording set up in your, in your house or in your, your uh, rehearsal space. Basically, this is just something to send to the producer or the engineer that you will be using. And this gives them an idea of what the song is. This is really helpful for the engineer and the producer because they can they can get everything set up before you even walk in the door. They can know what your instrumentation is. They can know um, the mics and the mic routing that they'll need. And if you're using a producer, this gives them time to listen and really get uh, engrossed and enveloped into your music. This will help the the producer and the engineer. And all these moving parts fit together into one cohesive sound for your band when you walk in. This is the part of the recording process where the producer comes in and starts producing. The producer will listen to the song, give feedback, criticism, um, as well as give their personal vision for the song. What they hear, how they hear things, different elements that they wish they could hear more of elements that they love and they want to make sure doesn't get lost in the shuffle and things that they could live without and things that might need to uh to to take a backseat or even be removed. This is also a place in the recording process where 
uh, you might decide, hey, let's double the chorus at the end, or oh, you know, I don't really like that bridge in the beginning. Why don't we? Why don't we nip that bridge out here so that it, it's got a bigger hit at the end? So all of these arrangement changes are best to be made in the beginning, so that when you start tracking, you know what you're tracking, when you're tracking it, and where it goes. So for this example, you will be a band with a three-song EP that you're working with an engineer who is also a producer. You sent three songs over to your engineer producer that you recorded on your iPhone. Your engineer producer has listened to them, given feedback, and decisions have been made. Everyone's happy with it. The next stage of recording is tracking and editing. This is where you actually come into the studio with your guitars, your drums, your basses, and you record the songs. This is this is what you see when you're watching your your favorite artists behind the studio or in the studio's uh videos. This will be, you know, you're you're sitting down, you're playing the songs and you will play the songs a lot. Some engineers will decide to record the drums first, then the guitars and bass, then any other sort of instruments like keyboards, and then finally the vocals. Other engineers like myself, I like to MIDI the drums. That way we have a a solid beat and we can record anything at any time. I find this a lot easier because this allows this allows people who are available certain days to come in on those days and not be waiting for for a drummer to to lay down the drums and me to edit them. This makes tracking uh, a lot easier. This also allows a vocalist to come in pretty much any day, and that way the vocals aren't left till the end where you're running out of time, you're running out of budget, and the vocals are the most important part of any song. So of course you want to have those being recorded at the vocalist's most opportune time. So no matter how you do it, or no matter how your engineer does it, you will end up tracking all the all the instruments, all the vocals, and then the engineer will comp them, which means that they'll just take the best parts from each take and put it into one great take. And then what they'll do is they'll edit them, and they'll edit them to make your good takes sound even better. So in this fictitious example, you as a band now, after tracking and editing, you have three songs that are the best possible takes that you could do in the best possible comping and editing that the engineer and you could do together. So once everything has been tracked, edited, and signed off by the band and the engineer, it'll get sent to a mixing engineer. And sometimes your tracking engineer, producer, uh, sometimes this person will also be your mixing engineer. And you find this, this is more common nowadays in the you know, in the old days, there would be a, an, uh, a tracking engineer, there'd be a mixing engineer, there'd be a separate mastering engineer, and there would even usually be a separate uh, producer. But nowadays, a lot of people that track their own music also mix their own music. So a mixing engineer will then take all the tracks that you've recorded, those three songs, all the, all the drum tracks, all the guitar tracks, all the bass tracks, all the, the singing tracks, all the keyboard tracks, everything that you've done, 
And what they'll do is they will basically balance all those parts to make the best and most emotionally impactful song that they can. And they'll, they'll use tools like equalization, compression, limiting, effects like delays and reverbs. And all of this is to, to create a song out of the tracks uh, that you have recorded. And the goal of the mixer is to create the sound that you heard in your head actually come to life. So this, this, is, a, this is an important thing to realize because a mixing engineer will have their own vision in their head. So it's important to communicate with the mixing engineer the sound that you want and the sound that you don't want. The best way I've, I've figured out to do this uh, being a mixing engineer myself and working with, with uh, bands and artists and stuff, the best way to do it is I ask the artist to send me examples, not of what they, what they want to sound like, but of songs that they enjoy listening to. If you enjoy listening to one band or one style of music, the song that you record, you're not going to want to sound completely different. So I'm able to take these influences and I, I try to shape my mixes around those while still bringing out the best in their music. So once mixing is finished, and it's finished when the mixing engineer sends out a test mix to the band, the band approves it, and it gets sent back to the mixing engineer. The band says, we love it. Let's finish up and get it mastered. So step four is mastering. And like I said, oftentimes there are dedicated mastering engineers, people that do nothing but master music. But nowadays, a lot of mixing and tracking engineers also master their own music. And what a mastering engineer does is they add that extra 5% that makes the song truly great. And they're able to do this using highly specialized tools in highly specialized rooms, listening in highly specialized monitoring systems. So whether you're using a dedicated mastering engineer or your mixing engineer is also your mastering engineer, you will want to make sure your music is being mastered. Mastering, along with the specialized tools, it will also give it its desired loudness level. And loudness is very important because different streaming services like iTunes or Spotify, they use different loudness levels and loudness algorithms to change the way um, to change the, the loudness of your song. So if your song is not mastered and it's too soft, they will raise it up and it will, it'll sound completely different. And if it's too loud, if your mixer mixed it into the red and it's too loud, then they will compress it more to make it softer and that'll completely change the sound as well. So a good mastering engineer knows how loud a track needs to be in order to sound best on different listening platforms, whether that's a, a, a CD, a streaming service like iTunes or, or Spotify, or even the radio. The uh, radio play and a radio mix and master sounds different than a regular mix and master because of the way that a radio station treats audio. And finally, the last stage of your music being recorded and delivered is the actual distribution. 
And all distribution is, is a way to get your music into the hands of other people. And this, this will be in physical copies, like a, like a CD or a download card or vinyl, as well as online streaming services. Uh, I'm thinking Spotify, Apple Music, uh, even Pandora, places like that. These are a couple different areas to think about when you're thinking about distributing your music. And there are a ton of companies that'll do it. And I know certain companies offer different things. But when you're deciding on what company to use, make sure that they are, they are getting your music on the platforms that you want them to be on. So if, you, if you're choosing a distribution service that doesn't put you on Spotify, make sure that you don't want to be on Spotify. And if you do, that's not the right distribution service for you. As well as paid distribution services, there's also free online streaming websites as well. SoundCloud has a free option as well as Bandcamp. Bandcamp is really big in the DIY scene. They will stream your music for free and you're able to sell your records on there and they take a percentage out of that. So no matter which distribution you use, make sure it's working for you. So these have been the five stages of a modern multi-track recording. Different genres often do not use these five stages. Classical and jazz recordings are often live and slightly differ when it comes to pre-production, tracking, and editing. But other than that, most of the time, this is what you'll see when it comes to a typical recording session. So if you've ever been in the studio, what's your favorite part of the recording process? Feel free to leave a comment at our website, and that's www.roadymixtapepod.com. <laughs>